Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. Yesterday I had, I am recording this on Saturday and it will come out on Monday, so sorry if that confuses people, but yesterday I had a really awesome group call with the Commit to Six intake, which was fantastic and I thought I'd share some of the lessons that came up on the call. So one of them was from Gavin because yes, we do also have some men. <laughs> and actually, he did He did mention after that he'd never been thanked for his contribution to diversity as a straight white male before. But mostly, we have females. So anyway, Gavin was on the call and he was talking about how he wanted to make this time a little bit different. Like, most people who join Commit to Six have dieted before, have got results before. The difference is, this time, we want to maintain those results, right? So most people have lost fat before, but then they've ended up putting it back on because of the process by which they took to get there. So this time it's going to be more about having some balance along the way. So he was talking about how the weather is so much nicer, which makes everybody so much happier. And he was saying that his favourite thing to do when the weather is nice is to have a beer. But normally that turns into three beers or four beers and then actually a kebab and etc, etc. So... He was talking about how this time he decided to have one beer in the sun and really enjoy it. And the main lesson from this, actually the question that he asked himself is, what will the second beer bring me that the first one won't? And you can apply this to Easter eggs, pizza, ice cream. What will that next bite bring you that the previous bite didn't bring you? And there's this law of diminishing returns when it comes to the enjoyment of food. So you will get 90% of the enjoyment of your pizza from the first two slices. So what you need to do is get better at stopping there because then you're enjoying food more and losing fat. Like this is not a a dichotomy. You can do both and actually they kind of lead into each other, which links to a discussion that was also on the call with Tara She's actually a one-to-one, but all one-to-ones are VIPs, so they get access to everything. Anyway, she said that she had eaten half of an Easter egg, enjoyed it, and then left the rest for later. And this is an excellent way to practice that balance. Like, can you leave half of it? We often think that the key to fat loss is to nail the exact right calorie target, or to smash your steps, or to do some quote-unquote fat-burning cardio or you've just not got the right mix of macronutrients, actually the key to fat loss is finding that balance. The key to losing fat and enjoying your life and thus being able to maintain it is to find that balance. And if you want to get better at it, because a lot of people have this fixed mindset around this, I'm just the kind of person that once I have one, I just end up eating it all. I'm not the kind of person that could stop at half an Easter egg. Right, but before you've started going to the gym, you're also probably not the kind of person who can do a press up. But how are you going to get better at doing that? By practicing it, right? It's exactly the same principle here. You have to do the reps. Just like if you want to get better at push-ups, you maybe have to practice it every day. Just like if you want to get better at finding balance, you have to put the reps in. You have to practice it. And an Easter egg is a good example, right? Like, can you eat half of it and leave the rest for later or leave the rest for the next day and realize that actually you got the full enjoyment out of eating half of it as you would have eaten the whole thing. You're just not as full, not as uh, overly satiated, probably don't feel sick. And you've also stayed in line with your goals for that day. 
So you're kind of ticking all the boxes. And I'm not saying this is easy, but then most things that are worthwhile, that are worth practicing, that are worth having, like finding balance, aren't easy. So you have to lean into hard things. Which links me, not directly, but I have just written a post for AFM. And one of the things within that, so it was the three traits that will give you a competitive advantage and require no skill at all. And the first one I put is leaning into hard things. Because a lot of people say it's hard as an excuse not to do something. When I'm like, oh, find some balance. Yeah, but that's hard. I'm like, Yeah, that's exactly why you should do it. When you find something that's hard, it's usually a reason to do something, not a reason to avoid it. And hard work will put off 99% of people. So if you're the kind of person that leans into hard work and embraces hard work, you're already going to put yourself ahead of 99% of people. Anything in life that is truly worth having, and really think about this, usually requires hard work. There is very little that you will get that is really worth having that doesn't require some element of hard work. And the harder something is, the more it will teach you and or the bigger the reward. And once you realise that, and I'll repeat it, the harder something is, the more it will teach you and or the bigger the reward. Once you realise that, you start leaning into hard work. You're like, oh, that's hard. Okay, probably not many people would do it. Probably it's going to either teach me a lot or there's going to be a great reward at the end of it. Much like finding balance with your relationship with food. And I don't want to leave everyone on a cliffhanger here. I know you're probably very invested in what the other two traits are that will give you a competitive advantage and require absolutely no skill. And they are patience. So the ability to accept that good things take time. My best tip for patience, especially when it comes to fat loss, is to stop telling yourself that you're waiting. You're not waiting for anything. You are living your life while you're also losing fat. It's not all-consuming. You know, when people are like, oh, I'm so impatient, I wish the results were not. It's like, well, it's going to take time. Actually, the difference between people who are patient and people who are impatient isn't that they don't feel impatience. Like, everybody wants things sooner. It's not that people are just immune to that feeling. It means that they feel it, but they don't act on it. That's the key. And stop telling yourself that you're waiting. I think that's one of the the main drivers of impatience is like, oh, when I get here, this will happen. Actually, probably nothing will really change. The key is to just continue to live your life, to enjoy it, to have fun, to find this balance, while you're also creating a bit of a deficit and losing body fat. Win-win. And then the third trait is doing things when you don't want to. So relying on motivation will not get you far. It's unreliable and it's very inconsistent you have to commit to doing things even when you don't want to in order to get results and these principles all probably seem quite obvious right you need to lean into hard things you need to be patient and you need to do things even when you don't feel like doing them but actually outlining them I find this really useful for myself hopefully it's for other people but outlining them and then leaning into them because you realise that actually that is the path to success. A lot of people try to avoid these things. If you lean into them, then you realise, hey, that, that's actually how I achieve these things. So rather than seeing them as negatives and trying to avoid them, think about trying to embrace them. I went on a huge tangent here because I was wanting to share the tips that came from the group call that we had yesterday. So 
the last tip that I'll share is essentially the commit to six mantra or more broadly my fat loss coaching mantra, mantra which is you will have to compromise but importantly not sacrifice if you sacrifice you will resent the process if you resent the process it's only going to be short-lived what most people miss is that you will enjoy food more if you a slow down b eat mindfully and c and this is this is the one that people forget if you limit the foods that you enjoy, you will enjoy them more. So as a reminder, like overeating isn't particularly enjoyable. Think about it like this. You're not limiting said food or chocolate because of the calories. You're limiting it in order to enjoy it more. It's a kind of reframe of the same thing. Like the action might be the same, but the intent's different. You're not like, oh, I don't want to have that because it'll ruin my diet and like negative connotations and overeating and it'll make me put on body fat. It's more... I'm going to limit that because it's one of my favourite things and I want to enjoy it more. And obviously there's a balance to that, right? I'm not saying only have it once a year and you'll enjoy it so much more, but I'm saying have a glass of wine on a Friday night and look forward to it and give yourself that space for anticipation. If you have something all of the time, it's no longer a treat because there is no anticipation. And research shows that you get as much joy from the anticipation of something than from the thing itself. And in some cases, some research on holidays shows that you actually get more joy from the anticipation than from the actual holiday, right? Because you always pick things apart in real life, like, oh, I thought it would be hotter than this, or, oh, I really want to be at the beach, but now I remember, like, sand's actually quite annoying, and there's, there's a little bit in my eye, and it's like, it's, it's maybe not as good as what you had imagined. So you get so much joy from that anticipation. Now, if you have it all the time, you're kind of robbing yourself of that part of the enjoyment. Point being, you will enjoy it more if you give yourself that time to look forward to it. Now, I hope these tips help you enjoy food more while losing fat. Because like I said before, it's not a dichotomy. The two actually go hand in hand if you do it right. And that's where finding that balance comes in. Then the other thing I want to share this week is from a one-to-one check-in. So at the end of the check-in, this is usually just for my enjoyment more than anything, but I either say, and I fluctuate between these two, I either say, tell me one funny thing that happened this week, which sometimes has freaking amazing answers, or give me one interesting fact that you've learned this week. And this one was that the more effort I put in, the more effortless it becomes. And I love this notion. I think I've spoken about this before, probably because I got a little bit obsessed. I was like, oh my God, yeah, to make something look effortless requires a lot of effort. And people used to comment on that with pull-ups. They'd be like, oh, you just make it look so easy. I'm like, yeah, you don't realise how much effort has gone onto, onto, into making that look easy. Like it's easy now because of all the effort that you've put in. And I think it's very common to look at that end product like seeing someone smash out pull-ups or seeing someone just run effortlessly or I don't know dance in an incredible way and you think oh that looks completely effortless it's like yeah the only way that something ever becomes or something hard ever becomes effortless is by all the effort that is required to get there I just think that's so cool anyway the actual juice of this episode what I really want to talk about is when it comes to diet and exercise, and honestly, more broadly, things in life, I cannot emphasize this enough. You need to figure out what works for you. 
because there isn't a secret. And it's certainly not what X influencer is doing on Instagram. And it's almost definitely not what I am doing unless you live the same exact life that I do with the same goals, the same values and the same demands. And you don't, right? Nobody does. So what works for you will look different. Now the principles may be the same, right? You need to lift weights to build muscle. You need to be in a deficit to lose fat. I'm not disputing that. And I think this is where the confusion gets in. It's like, no, no, a calorie deficit will work for everyone. How you implement that into your life, that's the part that we have to individualize. So the application of these principles will look different. Just because, for example, I work out in the morning, it doesn't mean that you have to work out in the morning. Just because somebody got results cutting out carbs, it doesn't mean you have to cut out carbs. Just because your friend at work is doing fasting, again, that might not work for you. Your diet and exercise plan should fit into your life and how you like to eat and how you like to live based around your needs and your values. Your life shouldn't fit around your diet and exercise plan, right? This is one of the most common mistakes I see. It's why people don't maintain their results because they start to resent it, right? Back to compromising, not sacrificing. And good coaching is all about figuring out what works for you as an individual. And if you'd like some good coaching, head over to esgfitness.co.uk, fill in the application, and let's see if we are a good fit. Sorry, I couldn't help that. It was just such an easy uh, (laughs) touch point. The best analogy or frame I have to think about this is look at life as an experiment and get curious about what works for you. So much of life is about that, getting curious and figuring out what works for you rather than following what works for others. This is one of the biggest problems I see with social media. People see what others do and think that's what they should do, right? What do I eat in a day? What does so-and-so do? The other day I shared something about getting up at 5am and despite saying word for word, it does not matter when you get up, but this is the reason I get up at 5 Half the comments well were something on the lines of like, well, I can't get up at five because X, Y, and Z, right? And there's kind of two lessons to this. Lesson one is that if people want to be triggered and tell you their excuses, then they will, fine. Lesson two is that we have to get better at seeing life as an experiment, getting curious and figuring out what works for us. Maybe you use what, you know, maybe you're like, oh, Emma does that. Maybe I'll try that for a week and see if it works for me. But I'm also not going to see it as a barrier because what works for me probably won't work for you. But you can, this is also why I always explain why I'm doing it, right? Like, so the benefit of getting up at 5am for me is that I get some me time at that time. Now, if you're like, I'm a mum and as soon as I wake up, my kids are there or actually my kids wake me up. Okay, that's going to be different. But can you carve out some time later on? Maybe after they go to school, maybe it's 30 minutes later in the day. Maybe it's like, like maybe that's the time that you need. You don't have to do things. In fact, you shouldn't do things in the same way that everybody else does. You can get in shape cutting out all of the carbs that you eat. You can also get in shape eating a ton of carbs. Or you can go for a sensible middle ground approach, which I would highly recommend. And you can get incredible results following a CrossFit program or a strength training program. You can lose fat doing a ton of cardio and you can lose fat doing absolutely no cardio. And you can get up at 5am or 11am and still get results. 
you can choose to date men or you can choose to date women. Like it doesn't, if you're self-employed, you could work a nine to five hour day or you could only work in the evenings. We can usually see this in other areas of life, but then we have these blind spots often around diet and exercise, like we have to do it a certain way. Like we might totally understand that different people show affection in different ways and like we have different love languages, but then we see that someone else is cutting out carbs to lose weight and we feel like we should do that or we have to do that. So try and be a little bit more critical about these things. But the fundamental thing here is you have to be looking for solutions. So, hey, you might not be able to get up at five or you might simply not want to, which I, you know, I'm sure many people don't. So how are you going to curate the life that you want and the results that you want in your way based around your constraints and your wants and how you want your life to look and how you can enjoy sticking to that? You have to get clear about your priorities, your values and how you want your life to look. And then you can curate that life. And there will be compromises, but again, really, really importantly, not sacrifices. And if you're trying to mould into someone else's life, then you will find that you start to have to sacrifice in order to do that. As an example of figuring out how things work for you, I wrote this earlier in the week for AFM, and it was about having ADHD and dyslexia and how that can actually apply to so many areas of life. So as an example, if you have ADHD, you need to figure out what works for you and you're kind of labelled and told it probably won't be what works for everybody else, which I actually see as a bit of a gift because what works for you will probably look very different to what works for others or generally what we're told about concentration and how maybe we should set up our work situation or we shouldn't. Now, we see that in other areas, right? So we all have different fashion sense. We all like different food. We all have a favourite drink. We all have like a favourite way of taking our coffee. We don't assume that because one person prefers Italian food over Thai food that everyone will feel the same. Or one person likes oat lattes and one person likes black coffee. Like there isn't a better, there's preference. Back to my point about ADHD and dyslexia, I had to figure out what was going to work for me. So I know that my brain works differently. Realistically, so does yours, right? We're all on some kind of spectrum. Everybody works in a slightly different way. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't achieve what I want to, but it does mean I probably have to go about it a different way. And it might take me, bare minimum, 10 times as long to read and probably 10 times as much effort than the average person. So I listen to things. And I can't have distractions when I'm working right so I curate an environment where I can accommodate for this I know that I need to switch tasks more than other people and most people would say that's a really bad idea and actually there's this residue and once you switch tasks you're not concentrating and blah 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 and I'm like yeah I read all that and I worried about it for a minute and then I thought well this is actually working for me right it's like someone who's like I'm really worried because so and so said that I should cut out carbs or something okay but is what you're doing working yeah okay well then why do you care what so and so is doing Stay in your, focus on your own lane. Don't be so worried about what other people are doing. And I figured this out by experimenting and figuring out what does work for me and trying different things and be like, mm, that didn't really work or I'm not, I'm not so good at that. If I'd stuck to the generic studying advice they give at school, I would have never got a degree. I would have never written a nutrition course. I would have certainly never built five successful businesses. And that's why I sometimes say that it was a bit of a gift to be labeled with those things because you're literally told 
hey, you're going to have to figure this out yourself. You're going to have to find a different way of doing this. And really, I think that's quite a universal message. Everyone's going to have to figure out their own way to do things. And everybody is different. So the take home from this episode is figure out what works for you. Use others as inspiration or for ideas and maybe as a bit of guidance. But this has to be based around what's going to work for you, what's going to work for your life, what's going to work for what's important to you. And if it's going to be long term and you're going to stick to it and you're going to enjoy your life while you do it, which is the whole point in life, then you need to take into account your life, your values and make sure you're getting results on your terms. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. If you have, please, what was I going to say? Rate and review. I don't even know if people do that anymore, but if you haven't, hey, go and do that. And if you are interested in coaching, head over to esgfitness.co.uk, fill in the application form. It will ping an email to me. I'll email you back. If I'm not the right fit for you, I will find someone who is.